Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. March 1st, during a performance at Miami's Dinner Key Auditorium, Jim Morrison adores, of the doors supposedly exposes himself. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that'll that'll kill your dinner at the uh, Dinner Maybe Key not. Auditorium. Maybe not. Maybe not. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show, and I'll say it right out of the gate. Happy 2019, ladies well, and gentlemen. Thank you. I'm thank Joe Burns. You. you are. I am Tammy Burns. Now, here's the thing about 2019. It is the anniversary of 1969, which may have been the thickest year for Oh, it's a big one, huh? You throw in, um, what is it, Woodstock? You throw in Altamont? You throw in a lot of other stuff? Oh, my goodness. Right, and it becomes a year unto itself. However, we have gotten into the the ceremony of starting each year on Rock School by going back as far as we can every 10 years previous so that when the year is going on and somebody makes the statement to you that, hey, did you know this? And yes, of course I did because I listened to the Rock School radio show. The woman who used to sit in your chair there, she called herself Beth West. She referred to these shows as the cocktail party shows. Loved it. Because it's cute little pieces of trivia. Basically, it's the seven days and 70 seconds thing that we do mm-hmm. but for all the way back so 2019 let's go back 120 years wow to 1899 scott joplin's maple leaf rag is copyrighted okay let's go back 110 years to 1909 the boston opera house opens with a performance of something i can't pronounce nor do i know what it is uh, also in 1909, November 28th, Sergei Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto Number no. 3 is premiered. Okay. All right. Let's go back 100 years. 1919. Couple from Louisiana. The Louisiana Five are advertised as playing modern jazz. The word jazz was not at all anything that the world used. Mm-hmm. It was a localized thing. And by the way, you spell it J-A-Z-Z. Yeah. It began as J-A-S, which was then turned into J-A-S-S, which S-S. became J-A-Z-Z. Yep, yep. Now, here's the thing. You're going to have to look this up on yourself because I can't say it on the radio. The word jazz, yeah. as does rock and roll, as does all this stuff, comes from sex vernacular. Oh, no. It does. You said it. April 7th, the original Dixieland Jazz Band brings Dixieland Jazz to England, starting a 15-month tour at the Hippodrome in London. And things would never be the same. Well, there's that old statement, where did jazz start? Oh, it mm-hmm. had to be New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. True. Yeah. 1929, 90 years ago, December 31st, Guy Lombardo plays Old Lang Syne for the first time. 
1939. I'm going to get there. 1939, 80 years ago, August 22nd, You Are My Sunshine is recorded for the first time. My Only Sunshine. Also in 1939, Harry James forms his own band. Frank Sinatra is the vocalist. And the one we're going to play, 1949, 70 years ago. On December 15th, the Birdland Jazz Club opens up in New York City. 45 RPM discs are uh, introduced. Country singer Bill Haley enters into a partnership with musicians Johnny Grand and Billy Williamson. They form the Saddlemen. It will in two years become Bill Haley and his Comets. Oh my goodness. And what are we going to play? In April of 1949, Gory Carter records Rock a While. Many people believe it to be the first rock and roll song. Yeah. I don't. Gory Carter records Rock a While. Many people say it's the first to have true guitar distortion. Make your decision. Anytime you say first in a historical sense, you got a wink. Here's Gory Carter, Rock a While, Rock School. It's a new year here on Rock School, and it's a new set of years. And we'd like to take the first two shows of every year, jump back 10 years each time, and tell you the historical things that happened. So when you're watching the news or talking to friends and they said, did you know? You can say, yes, of course I did. Right. I listened to the Rock School And we're not that old in this country, right? I am. 1959. This is where all the rock and roll starts to happen. The first break, I just go back as far as I can. But here we are in 1959. January 12th, Tamla Records is founded by Barry Gordy in Detroit, Michigan. No, he didn't start Motown right off the bat. What he wanted to do was start the idea of Tammy Records off of the Debbie Reynolds song. Right. The problem is there was already a Tammy Records, believe it or not. Go figure. So he turned it into Tamla Records and using the money he made from writing a song for Jackie Wilson and an $800 loan from his sisters and parents, he started Tamla Records, which will become... Motown. Wow. So this is where it started. February 3rd, and this is the one we're going to play for, The Day the Music Died. Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, Big Bopper are killed in a plane crash in Iowa. 
Waylon Jennings was scheduled to be on the plane, but he gave up his seat to the Big Bopper. The story is rather sad. There's that uh, scene inside of the La Bamba film yeah. where there's a coin flip and mm-hmm. Richie Valens gets on. That's true. That happened. It just happened instead of on the tarmac like inside. the movie shows. It right, was freezing it, outside. Exactly. The story goes that the Big Bopper had the flu. And they were getting on a bus that had a broken heater. And he said to Waylon Jennings, and by the way, yes, that Waylon Jennings, look, let me on the bus. I'm dying here. I've got the flu and all yeah, of that. Yeah. Finally, Waylon just relents and says, my God, if it'll shut you up, you, you can get on the plane. On the way out, the big bopper decides to be cute and say, hey, by the way, I hope your bus freezes. Right. And Waylon looked at him and said, I hope your plane crashes. Yeah. He said it's one of the reasons he became an alcoholic. Oh, The day the music dies, here's some Buddy Holly on Rock School. Oh, hell, the little things you say and do Make me want to be with you Rain on, it's a crazy feeling And I know it's got me reeling When you say I love you Talking 1959, 60 years ago on April 22nd, the recording sessions for Miles Davis's jazz album, Kinda Blue, takes place at the CBS 30th Street Studios in New York City. The album's going to be released August 17. And real quick, April 3rd, the British Broadcasting Corporation, <laughs> the BBC, bans the Coasters song Charlie Brown. Oh my. Yes, it reverses the decision about a month later, but therefore about 30 days. Charlie Brown by the Coasters is not allowed to be played on the BBC. Why? Why? Because it contains the word spitball. Sp- really? Spitball, ladies. Do I have to bleep that out? Spitball. Oh my goodness. Makes me feel like a big man to say it. Sp- Pitball. Oh, it's fun to say. Oh, thank you. all over me. I did. It's all wet on the (laughs) microphone. Okay, I'll give it a rest. Uh, Continuing on with 1959, these things happened 60 years ago. Roy Orbison signs with Monument Records and the Supremes are founded, interestingly enough, not signed to Motown yet, and they were a quartet. 
Yes. Uh, Come Florence, see about me, huh? Uh, Florence Ballard, Mary Wilson, Diana Ross, and another person named Betty McGlowan. Yeah. Ladies Poor and Betty. gentlemen, Betty McGlowan. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen. And you probably remember this. There was a, uh, a, I think it was a Pepsi commercial where a young James Hendricks was standing in the middle of a street and he looked right. And there was a white Stratocaster inside of a guitar shop and he looked left and there was an accordion inside of another (laughs) guitar shop. And he goes back and forth and back and forth. Interestingly enough, if you are Jimi Hendrix, your life has been cataloged almost day to day. Sometime in 1959, they suggest later in the year, Jimi Hendrix buys his first electric guitar. In case you're wondering, it was a white single pickup Supro Ozark 1560S. And I'll bet it was a piece of I crap. I bet it was not grand. <laughs> Everybody starts on a piece of crap, and I'll bet Jimmy did the same. It's Hendrix here on Rock School. Uh, show got the blues this morning. Coming into the first break, I had to get all those years out of the way because welcome to 1969. You had to get to the fun year. It, well, that's going to be the year that you're going to hear about, or this is going to be the year that you're going to hear about all year long. You heard it here first, Right, folks. because this is the 50th anniversary of all these things. And you think to yourself, well, it's 69. It's going to be Woodstock. Woodstock, Woodstock, Woodstock. Uh-huh. And you're, you're probably right. You're probably right, but a lot more happened, and it's a lot of stuff that you know off the top of your head. When I put these shows together, look, I could get into minutiae because all of my sources have all that. Yeah. But what I want is for when you hear it to immediately go, oh, I know that. That's what we're looking for. So January 12th, Led Zeppelin. This is, again, 1969, 50 years ago. January 12th, Led Zeppelin, epitomous debut album is released and on top of that it was named after them uh january 18th pete best wins a defamation lawsuit against the beatles best had originally sought eight million dollars what'd you get uh four bucks and a snickers bar no but it was a lot less than that oh, february but did they ever disclose it no 
Uh, February 3rd, John Lennon, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr hire Alan Klein as the Beatles' new business manager against the wishes of Paul McCartney. The next day, Paul McCartney hires the law firm of Eastman and Eastman, Linda Eastman's father. Right, right. And general legal counsel for hire uh, Apple Records. You can tell this is the point where most people sort of lick their finger, touch history, and say, yeah. here's where the Beatles die. Here's where the split happened. Right here. Yep. We're going to come back, play a Beatles song, because something really neato mosquito happened in 1969. Who's listening to us? Ooh, KRFY in Sandpoint, Idaho. Fantastic. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Sixty-nine, ladies and gentlemen, everything we talk about right now is happening 50 years ago. Right. January 30th. Tammy, do you know the last time all four Beatles performed together live? Billy Preston was there uh, as well. Was it? I think they were on. Were they on on the roof? Right. I, I can't oh. remember what was the uh, what was the occasion. What was it? I can't remember. But the Apple Building, the Three Abbey Road Studios, London. They simply said, oh, "Let's go do it," there and you go. up they went. Right. It was filmed for the Let It Be movie, and by the way, it was stopped early because neighbors complained about the noise. Well, the spit. Dirty the, the spit ball. Right. Dirty mop tops. Can't I got to watch? <laughs> Somebody bathe on. It's the worst oh, British accent it ever. It is very bad. Beatles on Rock School. Rosetta. Sweet Rosetta fat. She thought she was a cleaner. But she was a frying pan. Get 
once more. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves, and I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> 1969, 50 years ago, everything we're talking about is 50 years in the past. February 24th, Johnny Cash performs A Boy Named Sue at California's San Quentin State Prison. Ooh. Becomes a big hit. March 1st, during a performance at Miami's Dinner Key Auditorium, Jim Morrison adores, of the Doors supposedly exposes himself. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that'll that'll kill your dinner at the uh, Dinner Maybe Key not. Auditorium. Maybe not. Maybe not. Look at that. Well, how about that? Uh, no, March 12, 1969, Paul McCartney marries Linda Eastman in London. March 20th, John Lennon marries Yoko Ono in Gibraltar, ladies and gentlemen. March 25th through the 31st, John Lennon and Yoko Ono host a bed in for peace at their Amsterdam Hilton hotel room. Right. Yeah. April 1st, the Beach Boys file a lawsuit against their record label, Capitol Records, for over $2 million. They claim that's the amount of unpaid royalties. Capitol retaliates by deleting the Beach Boys catalog. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they don't promote it. It's just as if it was erased Talk off the about earth. stupid. Yeah. April 21st, pardon me, 24th, the Beatles make a $5.1 million counteroffer to Northern Songs stockholders in an attempt to keep Associated TV from controlling the band's music. Mm-hmm. But they lose. And by the way, ATV Associated Television is the holding company that Michael Jackson will buy the songs from later in life. Oh, my goodness. And we got to play something. Do it. Look at this. What? It's, it's not about the Beatles. May 23rd, The Who released the rock opera Tommy here on Rock School. show, ladies and gentlemen, as we tell you about things that happened during this brand new year back in history. With your lips like that? I don't know. This is the way British people are. Their lips look like this all the time. Stiff upper lip, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Talking about 1969, and I'm afraid I just have to do a long list here to get to the next thing. Do it. 
July 3rd, Brian Jones is found dead in a swimming pool at his home in Sussex, England. It says here, almost a month after leaving the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Right, leaving. Right, fired. Seems he took a whole lot of sort of pills to make himself feel better. I don't have the pharmacology. And much like Whitney Houston, he just slipped under the water. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yep. July 5, the Rolling Stones go forward with a free concert at Hyde Park, London, and as a tribute to Brian Jones, they let go of about 100,000 butterflies. Nice. Okay, so why do we care? Because of the Brian Jones connection? No, it's because the Rolling Stones would use the format, this idea of the free Hyde Park concert, to try to make their own Woodstock in the United States, and they're going to do it at a defunct motor speedway called Altamont. Oh, I don't see any problems in that at all, do you? (laughs) Not that point in time. July 7, Blind Faith plays a free show in Hyde Park. July 31, 1969, Elvis Presley finally returns to live performances. Las Vegas is where you'll see him. Uh, a mention here of it. We could do so much more content, but just a mention of it. Mm-hmm. August 9th, members of the uh, Charles Manson family murder film star Sharon Tate and others in Tate's home. The reason it's in this list is because of the Beatles connection. Yep. He believed in Helter Skelter and all of that. Okay, let's get to it. This is the one everybody knows from 1969. Do it, do it. August 15th through 17th, the Woodstock Music and Arts Festival held at Max Yasger's Dairy Farm in, not Woodstock. Not Woodstock, no way. Bethel. Yeah. Bethel, New York. Try to say that 10 times. It's near Woodstock, New York. And by the way, I want to make a a pilgrimage up there. Yeah. On the, the land, there is now an amphitheater, there is a museum and such. And I haven't a good answer for you why I so badly want to see it Uh and say that I've been to the Woodstock area. I just do. Do you have to run around naked and, uh, you know, like put dirt all over yourselves while you're there? As long as it's muddy. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Here you go. Woodstock on Rock School. Into the second break, September 13th. Now, it's going to sound like I'm going somewhere else, but I'm going to take okay, a hard left Okay, because I'm here. trying to figure out where you're going. John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band perform at the Toronto Rock and Roll Revival 12-Hour Music Festival. And you know who else is there? Eric Clapton, uh, Klaus Vorman, Alan White, Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Little Richard. Blah, 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 blah. Cool. Okay. That's Sounds a, good. That's probably enough on its own. However... It is at this concert where a new band signed to Frank Zappa's label is performing, Alice Cooper. And at this setup, 
they always had kind of a chicken with them. And I don't say kind of a real chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. part of a you know show. Right. Well, apparently at this show, Cooper, thinking that all birds could fly, throws <laughs> the chicken into the audience and they tear it apart. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns into something that has the ASPCA following him for the rest of his career and he yes, said indeed. I, I didn't interview him I interviewed his bassist uh, Dennis Dunaway and he said we used to look at these ASPCA people and say why are you here one chicken died why don't you go talk to Colonel Sanders yeah. how many million does he kill per year and they, honest to goodness he's from you know he was from uh, Phoenix Arizona he had no idea that chickens couldn't fly. So that's that. October 22, Led Zeppelin's second album is released. The song Whole Lot of Love did well with their first album. This is the one that makes them go to the top. Uh, November 1, after seven years off the charts, Elvis Presley comes back and he hits number one with, do you know what Elvis Presley's last number one was? Is it, I don't know. Sweet I don't know. Georgia. But no, it's Suspicious Minds, oh, ladies and okay. gentlemen. Good. Nice one. Who's listening to us? WMCE in Erie, PA. Fantastic. I'll bet it's snowing there. Ooh. It starts snowing in July in Erie. <laughs> Back in a minute here on Rock School. Nineteen sixty-nine, as we celebrate a brand new year, twenty nineteen. But you go back fifty years, and you are at nineteen sixty-nine. This is a little bit of a technical thing, but it makes sense. November twenty-ninth, Billboard magazine changes its policy of charting the A side and the B side of a forty-five single on its chart. The former policy stated the two sides were to be sent separately. Because a lot of people, especially early people, Elvis Presley, the Beatles, they yeah. would send out what's known as a double A side. Okay. It wasn't just some big hit and then a who cares. It would be a double A side. Both sides were important. And what they were doing was playing to the idea of Billboard. So if you released a double A side, you could have two songs in the top 10 at once. Nice. The new policy was to knock that stuff off. It was going to consider both sides one chart entry. So what they would do is add up where the two sides were on the chart, and then that addition would send it even higher. The Beatles really were the first to benefit from this. They had a single called Come Together, and on the other side was Something. Would either of them had been number one on their own? No. But when you put them together and did the addition, 
to the I top have of the charts. Never they heard that. Is that true? Ever. It has since been stopped because you don't download an A and a B side in terms of digital. But that's what they did. It wow. Made, it made number one songs. It, it, be, it certainly did that right. probably didn't deserve to be there. You're saying the Beatles don't deserve to be at number one? <laughs> okay, and this will wrap up 1969. December 6th, the Altamont Free Concert. If you go back in the Rock School archive, Altamont is talked about a great deal. Mm -hmm. I would really appreciate if you go back just a little bit and listen to the interview with uh, the person who wrote a book called Just a Shot Away. His name is Saul Austerlitz. And I'm talking maybe a month, month and a half right, back. Right. It is a phenomenal recap of the the world of Altamont. Yeah. And it dispels so many rumors. To see the archive, either A, go to iTunes and search Rock School, KSLU, that's the quickest way to find it, or please visit our website at southeastern.edu slash rockschool. Once again, southeastern.edu slash rockschool. And once you arrive at that page, there's a button that says Episodes. Click on it and you'll find it. Once again, the book is Just a Shot Away by Saul Austerlitz. Here's the thing. You know that there was a death there at, at, you know, at the concert. Right. Meredith Hunter wasn't even close to the only death. There were multiple other deaths. Two were caused by hit-and-run car accidents. There was multiple LSD-induced deaths, and one of them drowned in an irrigation canal. So, but it's Meredith Hunter that most people, most people remember. And again, if you listen to the book, listen to the interview, it will be explained to you it's not, it's probably not what you think it is. Right, and then go get the book and read it. Uh, oh, I it's agree. It's a great read. Read the whole thing through. Here's the thing. Many people believe that the song Sympathy for the Devil was playing when Meredith Hunter died. Yeah. In fact, there's that line inside of um, American Pie. Uh, as I saw him on the stage, my hands were clenched in fists of rage. No angel born in hell. Hell's angels could break that Satan spell. Okay, who's Satan? Well, it's, it's Mick Jagger. But the song Sympathy for the Devil wasn't playing. Meredith Hunter was stabbed to death by the Hells Angels at the end of the song, Under My Thumb. Mm -hmm. And if you go to YouTube and look up Altamont, Under My Thumb, you can hear the commotion at the end. Right. Nothing is said. Right, no right. names are given, but you can hear the commotion at the end, and it is horrifying. And you also play that on the uh, the Rock School episode. I do. But I'm going to play the studio version under my thumb here on Rock School.
Okay, last break on this, the first of the two cocktail party shows. This is a ton of information. Well, it's 1969. Wow. It, 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 for some reason, became the culmination year of the summer of love, of all these different things. And I knew I'd have trouble getting through everything. I just wanted to get through 1969 in the first hour. It's the greatest year ever. Which means we're going to have to click along pretty quick to get through the remainder of them because we have one more show next week. But let's tell you something from 1979. 1979, 40 years ago. Everything I'm going to tell you happened 40 years ago. January 1st, Bill Graham closes San Francisco's Winterland Ballroom following a New Year's Eve performance by the Blues Brothers and the Grateful Dead. January 13th, 1979, singer Donny Hathaway dies after falling 15 stories from a hotel room in New York City. According to Hathaway's record company, Atlantic, by the way, The singer had been having some psychological problems, Mm. so it was ruled a a suicide. Wow. And speaking of deaths, February 2nd, Sex Pistols bassist Sid Vicious is uh, found dead from an overdose a day after being released on bail from Rikers Island Prison, supposedly from the death of of Nancy Spungen. I say supposedly because he was never convicted of it. He didn't live long enough to go to trial. Spungen was found in the Chelsea Hotel, impaled, I don't know how else to say it, with a butcher knife, clean through her. Here's the thing about this death of uh, Sid Vicious. He overdosed on heroin, and you ask, well, where'd he get the heroin? His mother. Mm-hmm. His mother gave him the heroin. It's just he had been in Rikers, and while in Rikers, his body lost its tolerance to the heroin. Okay. So what normally would have simply been something to get him high mm-hmm. killed him. And there's a whole story about after he's dead, the ashes, the mother wasn't allowed to attend the the funeral of Nancy Spungen and she wanted the bodies together and apparently she jumped over a fence and poured the ashes on Nancy Spungen's grave. It's wicked weird. Wow. Maybe it's time now that it's the anniversary to do a whole show on that. I think you need to because now I need to know. Who killed Nancy? And that's going to wrap it up for this show. Again, next week we'll be back with another one. So let's play some Sex Pistols. And that'll wrap it up. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Class is dismissed.